We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. back here in Emeryville, California for another great Cal football season getting ready to go. Is that my Joe Starkey voice? I think that was my Joe Starkey voice. It's pretty good. Was it pretty good? All yeah. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't, oh God, yeah. I don't know why we decided to do that, but we just did. Uh, but welcome back, everyone. We are back uh, with another episode of the Golden Blogs podcast, The Bearcast. It's been a long, long off season. I think it's been like three months. <laughs> Remember that one time in we did, May when yeah. we were like, yeah, we're going to do it every other week. No, no. We August. Were, we were real busy. I mean, you had places to go, people to see. I had places to go, people to see. Weddings. Uh, weddings, left and right. Um, it's wedding season, folks. Yeah. Uh, babies being born left and right, too. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Baby boom. But yeah, we are back uh, getting ready for some Cal football. We're about... I think we're just under a month away. I believe September second is the first game in oh wow in North Carolina. So we're we're just we're right there. This is a this is a perfect time to start because we can just start getting ready for the preseason and our predictions and all that good stuff. And no better time of the year. Yeah, yeah. The best time of year is when all of college sports starts back up. Yep. And Don't care about the NFL. <laughs> the only reason I care about the NFL is because of fantasy football. And because of the Cal alumni. And I'm a Charger fan, so, you know, new beginnings in L.A. Oh, uh, Well, yeah. but you're, you're an Niners fan, so. You know. Yeah. Did you hear? Yes. What? Apparently, Reuben Foster is the man. You wanted him. I know. You, and you got him. I know. They're saying he's. Yeah. Him and Bowman. They're saying that he's potentially already established himself as the best player in the draft. That's a very strong statement by probably some very, very optimistic beat writers. They <laughs> <laughs> said so that any scout that has come in and seen him play has been amazed by his talent level. Charles Robinson was on the radio. I've been listening to a lot of the radio lately, and he was on the radio talking about him. And he didn't go as far as say as what I just said, but a lot of other scouts have been really, really high on what they've seen so far. Obviously, the Niners aren't going to be very good, but the uh, – I mean, it's great to hear if you get a guy like that late, kind of get a steal who everybody thought was going to be a sure thing, drops and swoop in. It's Love always, it. It's always those second, third rounders that end up being like really big because they, 
they have a chip on their shoulder because they weren't drafted in the first round. Plus, they don't have the pressure on them of a first-rounder. That's why they, I think always second, third-rounders are more important than your first-rounders. Bold, bold statement bold there, statement. too. Bold statement. Bold hot statement. takes already. Yeah, hot takes. We're Just wait till we get to the predictions, <laughs> folks. <laughs> We're going undefeated. We're going undefeated. I'm yeah. saying now. We're going to start off with six wins and work our way to undefeated. <laughs> Wouldn't that be – that would be a storyline. if Knowing our schedule, if we started off the season 6-0. and oh, mm. oh, be great. Yes. <laughs> Wilcox would leave immediately to the NFL. <laughs> and we'd be back with Sonny. Good old Sonny D. Come riding back in on his high horse. Wouldn't it be Jeff Tedford coming back up from Fresno? It might be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Who's that lady that was hating on us? Oh, that, man. That astronaut. It's yeah, that astronaut. Yeah, the astronaut. The astronaut lady. She didn't like, she didn't like us very much. No, no. She, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, just go on Twitter, and you, you can search back, about, I think, about a week or two ago. And uh, this lady was just bashing on Cal, and she's like, Cal is not. Uh, Cal has gone on, like, not a bash for long enough. Like, she said she might just get packed all network just to bash on Cal. This season. That was hilarious. Yeah. I, we were confused. A lot of us were confused whether she was being serious, joking, funny. Like, I couldn't tell. I, I couldn't tell at all. No. I think she she got way too much of my attention. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who plays z- has zero significance in my life. She got at least 15 minutes of fame. That was very not deserved. Uh, all right. Let's get into it. Uh, so today's episode, we're just going to start off with some uh, top three lines uh, from myself and Andy, and then we're going to go to some predictions for the upcoming season, and then I think uh, Andy and I will probably discuss how we're going to do the rest of the, the podcast leading up to the season, but I think probably the, the more deeper predictions of each game, you'll probably hear in the upcoming podcast leading up to the, the season. I think mm. that's the better way to package it. For us today, it's just more of a it's great overall sense. I've been doing all my... Yeah, you're all season your previews. Yeah, he's get it. And he's getting ready to write the previews, and then getting ready to take down notes during the game and write down his recaps and Can't for wait. for us to not cheer in the media press box. Oh yeah, we're coming, Gorsi. <laughs> Watch out! Watch out! With the with <laughs> them the, boys from the Golden Balls <laughs> going to be up the, there. Oh, the blue and gold gummy bears, and us just sitting there, kind eating of eating ice cream, eating <laughs> fist fist pumping under the table. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we do in the press box. So, yeah. Yeah, in case anyone was curious, <laughs> we're generally up there trying eating, to contain and, yeah. our excitement, which we are never able to actually do. Nope. And then we, we usually get, get bad looks. Yeah. yeah, we get in trouble. Yeah, we do get in trouble. But they 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 haven't cooked us out yet, which True. is a good thing. Right. Uh, so let's get into it. Should you want to start with your top three, or should I? Or let's just go one each. But you want to start, or should I start? How do you want to do this? I'll start because right. it's hot off the table. <laughs> yes. Um, apparently this is not a two quarterback race anymore. There is, uh, an outside shot. Would you say? I'd say so. An outside shot that our transfer quarterback gets to come in and play after what I fully expected to be a a year waiting period. Yeah. Um, and that is a huge game changer. Yeah. It seems like everyone's reporting that, right? I know Rusty from the Chronicle said that in his article, and a couple other guys. The the way, I mean, we don't have any insider information. We don't have sources, so we're going based on our intuition. 
But the way Wilcox says well, certain that, things. Well, that, and he's getting reps. Right. He's right, getting right. reps in the fall, exactly. which doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. first team. Yeah. And not on, th- not on the scout team. Like, this is yeah. legit offense. Um, the, the way he phrased it a couple times was, like, we have nothing to comment at this time or, like, uh, he's not eligible, like, at, at the moment or as of right now. Like, the way – just those little tiny nuances just kind of gives off the vibe of, are they trying to work on getting him eligibility for this season? Like, that's, that's kind of the, 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 the vibe you kind of get from the way he says it. But, yeah, I mean, personally, from the two practices I've been to, um, and then I'll be going to more this week and next week, but the two practices I've gone to, all four quarterbacks have been getting snaps. Wilcox did tell us don't look into don't read too much into who's getting what starts when like which reps when because I think it was last Wednesday I believe uh, when yeah it was last Wednesday when they ran fastball which is like the up tempo elevens um, so non contact but it's just uh, <clears throat> like think of it as like a two minute drill without contact mm-hmm. that that's what they're trying to do uh, just push the ball and the first quarterback that got in was Matt Cohen. The second quarterback that got in was Garbers, and then the period was over. Wow. So <clears throat> read into that how you will. Which I will. <laughs> Which everyone will. We'll, over, we'll overreact to all of this. Um, but, yeah, every – I you know, personally, I think it's, it's not even just a three-horse race. I think it's a four-horse race at, at this point. Because Garbers has moments where he's like, you're, you're really impressed with how he throws. On the money, in stride, goes through his progressions really well. His deep ball is just on point. Um, he's made some, him and both McElwain too, because McElwain's pretty young as well. Him and McElwain both have made some mental mistakes sometimes, just you know trying to force throws into certain places that he probably should not have even looked to, in, to begin with. But other than that, there are moments where your butt is out of your seat. Like, oh my goodness, what is he going to do next? So, and McIlwain's running ability is second to none. We haven't seen that type of running ability in a quarterback in a very long time. I can't even remember the last time we had a quarterback that could run that well. Maynard? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still not as fast as McIlwain. Like, not a, he wasn't a true dual-threat quarterback. You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. wasn't racking up, like, 75 to 100 yards on the ground and then throwing for another 200. Wow. I mean, that's what I that's what I could see McIlwain doing. Yeah. So this is the this answers the four year long question of what would happen if we had put a mobile quarterback in the Bear Aid system, Bear Aid system, RIP. Yep. And now you get somebody like this. I think this is by far the biggest game changer that we have this year. If, if it, and, and I don't mean to put down Bowers uh, or Forrest at all, but there was just sort of this lull. Like, you kind of lulled into camp with those two. And for me, at least, when I... I mean, even in the Oregon preview I wrote, I said this would be a fun matchup to watch in 2018 because I think you see Justin Herbert, if I pronounce his yes. last name right. Herbert. Herbert. <laughs> uh, him, like, kind of get better with time, and then you get to see McElwain come in and take the reins behind a pretty electric offense at Cal... And then you have two teams that are really familiar with each other in regards to coaching staff. What up, Marcus Arroyo? Um, I think it's fa- – I think that – but this is like to advance that, 
And it's a whole different dimension for us. Um, and it answers my biggest question on the team. So for me, if he were to gain eligibility to play, I actually think I would lead the hype train and completely adjust my expectations for this season. Mm-hmm. Because we don't reset that much. I mean, on offense. On offense. We do on the line due to some ridiculous things. But well, there's also a couple things where on the line, there are guys, guys that were the number two that saw time. Yeah. It's not like guys like our true freshmen or redshirt freshmen that are going to have to just come in and start playing. Yeah. It's not 2011, yeah. 2012. 2012? Yeah. 2012? 2012. No. 13. Thir- 14? Damn. Yeah. This world. It's that 12 to <laughs> like 11 to 13 years. Where we just reset yeah. all the time. This is like, and then defensively, we're not resetting very much at all outside no, we're of going, injuries. We're going with the same talent that we had, you know. So that's what's exciting. Same talent, better system, and we all know we're talented. Then on offense, without we know we were loaded. You bring back one of the most dynamic receivers in the entire Pac-12. And you pair it with a running quarterback in the best system in FCS. Like, goodness, hold me back. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Some of the some of I mean that plus you see we actually have a fullback now. I mean I'm just gonna talk on offense because. I wasn't there on Saturday to watch uh, full pads. I think people have been asking, like, well, how does the defense look? How does the defense look? Other than you, us, you watching the defensive backs, you know, play one-on-one with the wide receivers, the defense as a whole, it's hard to kind of gauge until you actually see them get contact. Because that's when you know, can they fill the gaps properly on the line? Um, can, can linebackers cover and tackle guys? You know, did they get faster? Are they stronger? That's, I think that's when you get a full grasp of the defensive side of the ball. But offensively, you can kind of see, like, the rhythm, right, and, and just the rhythm of plays, how comfortable guys are in different positions because that's how it's going to go, right? They're, every receiver is going to play every position. No receiver is going to be stuck at the X. No receiver is going to be stuck at the Y. No receiver is going to be stuck at the Z. And then on top of that, you have actual tight ends and an actual fullback. So you're going to legitimately see us go from one play having, let's say, a four-wide-out, one-running-back set into a two-wide-out, tight-end, full-back, running-back set into a three-wide-out with a tight-end and a running-back. Like, that, you, the formations and just the personnel groupings are going to be so diverse that... I think we're going to have to work out some kinks probably in that UNC game of guys constantly coming on and off the field at certain times, right? Because mm. you're just going to you're gonna see those adjustments. But at the same time, at least the wide receiver side of it, everyone's playing different positions where if, if you see a guy go down, anybody can move in into the, and play in that role because they're practicing playing in multiple spots. And that's what's scary too now, like scary in a good way, is that now you're probably – I'm, this is this is just my uh, observation and my uh, prediction is you're going to see D-Rob everywhere on the field. You're going to see him outside. You're going to see him in the slot. You're going to see him, like, literally two feet from the tight end. Like, you're going to see him everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if you even saw him at running back. I personally haven't seen him at running back, but that would be a really, really cool aspect if you could move him into that role, too. I mean, Melchise Stovall as well, who's a running back in high yeah, school. Yeah, I was going to so. say, Melchie, I'd see Melchise there for sure. Yeah, that would be, I mean, but just looking the at... The only s- thing with that is I wonder about the injury. Like, right. I, 
you say Robert's in the slot, and I say, oh, please, not over the middle. <laughs> like, don't send him over the middle, you know? But, um, like, getting him the ball early in yeah. those, like, quick passes, so mm-hmm. get that yards after contact. I think, for me, the most fun uh, watching this offense is having Malik Brock Morris in there at fullback and then seeing him lead the running back. I think that's... that's like if you're yeah, if you're an old school football guy, like that's just so much fun to watch because you know that opens up, you know that extra two three yards, and that's where we're gonna go with this. Like you know how you and I got frustrated over the last two years watching Cal football, going, "Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me!" Like we we're running it down their throats, but we're not getting anywhere. We're running our running back into a wall of five guys, and then expecting him to like somehow make six yards out of. A one-yard gain. Which Calfani almost always did. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's <laughs> on the Titans. Now he's in the NFL. But I think now you're going to see at least that minimum two, three-yard gain. And then if the gap opens up, can he get the extra four or five yards on top of that? And now we're in a second and short situation. So that's where I like having that extra that, that tight end and then Malik at fullback. It's going to be really fun, at least run, run game-wise. So that's the question mark it all hinges on. Is, is Can Brandon McElwain become eligible? Pretty exciting. Pretty exciting times. You can feel the hype. Yeah. yeah. It's just in the room, yeah. in the air. And then I'm going to come, I'm going to drag us back down to earth okay. with our number one, my number one on the line is we have the number one strongest schedule in the country according to FBS, FBS.com, FBSschedules.com. Yeah. Georgia's is number two. We have the hardest schedule <laughs> in all of college football. I think we were in the top three last year, too, or the year before that. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so is this one um, – is this a Mike Williams issue? I think it is. Um, I think he scheduled UNC and Missouri in the same year. But technically, the Ole Miss was it the Ole Miss or the UNC one that got pushed back? Or oh no, that was Auburn. Sorry, Auburn got pushed Auburn back. Got pushed back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Auburn <laughs> on the horizon. It's, I, it's really good exposure, so it's cool. Uh, I think it'd be nice if we won our first game and Ole Miss won theirs, and there was some level of excitement going into that. Yeah, I mean, if we're um, going in that game two and zero, which it, I think it's either. I don't want to. I don't want to overlook Weber State. Yeah, because they're not bad. But I'm gonna overlook Weber State. We're gonna. I think we're gonna go into that old Miss game going one and one or two and zero. Oh, so, be great to go two and zero. Oh. It'd be great to go two and zero. Oh. I think it would be really exciting, and I think that's a winnable game. And then SC comes to town. Yeah, definitely a winnable <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, the schedule is brutal. I mean, you just talk like. Even when I've been writing these season previews, it just sort of seems like you can't imagine the next opponent that's we're playing against. <laughs> it just doesn't seem right. So we start off at UNC, then we play the Grills, Weaver State, then we uh, play Ole Miss, Ole Miss at, home. at home, then we get SC at home, then we go to Oregon, and then we get Washington. We go to Washington. So oh, we're oh, yeah. We go to Oregon, and then we go to Washington. So double on the road. Double on the road, back-to-back. Back. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. And then we're... You say that schedule out loud, and you're like, yeah. wait, who made that up? That's awful. And that's the halfway mark. 
After that, Washington is the halfway mark. And then we get home Washington State, home Arizona, away at Colorado, home Oregon State, by week, and then at Stanford, at UCLA. Ridiculous. So our last home game is the first weekend of November. Yeah, talk about bringing the hype out of the room. Sure. (laughs) I just went from, like, undefeated to, like, three wins being a miracle. So, yeah. um, See, that's the thing. It's all hinges on the quarterback to me. Because if you throw Bowers out there um, or Forrest, maybe, like, Forrest, it just doesn't really feel like we have much of a shot. Mm -hmm. That's based on nothing. Yeah. But it's just based on feel. Because you know why? Sonny Dykes didn't show him to us last year, so I have <laughs> no idea about them. We saw Ross for a little bit. We saw him hand off a couple times. He looked pretty good handing the ball off. Great. <laughs> yeah, excellent skills. Like, you're, you're the one. <laughs> he didn't fumble the ball. But yeah, it's, it's a big, such a big question mark, that quarterback. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because the schedule is daunting, as can be. It doesn't... No. It just sort of feels like it's a... Uh, it's not reality. I will say this, though. In terms of as a fan, as a fan, the first six weeks of the season, every week, I'm going to be excited to watch just because of who we're playing every week, you know? And the fact that we don't get our bye week until right before the last two games of the season, I think that helps. Because usually we've gotten our bye way early. Yeah. Way early. And then it kills that, like, like a week without Cal football, you know? And it kills it it kills the hype train a little early, but now you're going to get game after game after game after game every every single Saturday. The only Friday game we have, we only have two Friday games this year, and no Thursday night games. Thank God. But the only Friday night games we have is thank the uh, Lord at home at Washington State. Um, after going up to Washington, and then timeout. Washington State's a Friday game. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know this news. No. Washington State is a Friday game. That's amazing. Yes. I wasn't supposed to be in town, and now I'll be there. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm thrilled. Yeah. And then the only other Friday game is UCLA. But that's on Thanksgiving weekend. So yeah. Like, Who's going to watch that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're clearly not. We're going to be... We're going to be... turkey. Yeah, our leftover turkey and, you know, making a sandwich... I'm so excited for the tire fire that will be Jim Morris. <laughs> He's, oh, goodness gracious. If they're not good this year, I mean, what in the world? What a waste. No, that Josh Rosen question is still huge. It's a huge question. What question? Is, is he, is he going to improve? Like, what that injury that, just, that kicked him out basically of the entire season last year, right, other than a couple games. Is it still hurting him? Well, that's not. I think that's not the issue. Is that you saw you saw him electric as a freshman, but you didn't get to see him get better like Browning did in year two, mm. and Darnold did in year two. Like you're gonna, you're. How do I say this? Um, since you don't know how he improved going from year one to year two, like you saw with Browning, how can you really expect him to make a two year jump mm. from year one to year three with year two pretty much missing? That's I think that's the big question mark a lot of people have, which is which is clear. I mean, we'll find out like the first two weeks. They play Texas A and M at home too, so that I think that's going to be a big gauge. Wow. All right, let's uh, should we should go? Let's move on to number two. Your yep. number two. Do you not remember your number two? No. Recruiting hype. Oh yes, <laughs> the hype comes back into the room. <laughs> So, wow, that, that, this makes me feel like I'm the Debbie Downer out of the two of us. 
Yeah, you're gonna bring it back down. Yeah, my, my, my other my, my <laughs> other two are pretty pretty hyped up. So yes, go on recruiting hype. Okay, so if any of you have been following us for a long time, which we appreciate, uh, you've heard Rob and I kind of paint this vision for what we wanted out of our next hire. Yes, and that was young dynamic recruiters at you know key coaching positions. Mm-hmm. And while they're not necessarily young, we did get a lot of really good recruiters uh, and coaches at these key positions. And so going into the offseason, I remember us having the conversation of being like, this is, a, this is a staff that can recruit. We're very excited about the hashtags they were using, the marketing collateral that they were delivering. Um, and now, all of a sudden, you start, start to see a lot of momentum being built behind Cal's recruiting class, particularly when Mr. Rob himself went down to Los Angeles and then came back with four recruits in hand. Moral of the story, Rob's going to L.A. a lot more often. Yes, whenever we need recruiting, (laughs) whenever we need a recruit, I'll personally fly fly myself down to L.A., get Korean food, and be back up, and we'll have a recruit. I think that's the way to go. That's what we need. I will take that outside (laughs) linebacker that we are in the top four for. Yes. So, um, yeah, you want to rattle off the list of recruits since the last time we connected? Yeah, so the, let, me, let me get the full list out. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, almost there, boys, almost there, almost there. You know it's a big deal when you see Nam just losing it mm-hmm. with, with hype. So, here we go. Um, I'm just going to go down all of our recruits. Okay. So, actually, I'll see if I can go with the dates. So, first off, we got Jasper Jasper Fries, uh, German o- offensive tackle, 6'7", 315 from Aquinas, St. Bernardino, California. Uh, he committed on May 8th. All right. Then we got the guys that came in a little later, like uh, in June. On June 19th, we got J.T. Shrout, quarterback from uh, Newhall, California. He has an article up, uh, I can't remember what website it was, but it said the best, most underrated quarterback in the entire country. Wow. And it was about him. And he hasn't even taken a single high school snap yet. It's like the whole Kyle Baller thing all, all over again. And he's from the same high school. Hmm. So there is that. Uh, next, we go on uh, June 13th, uh, Antonio Maffi uh, from Junipero Serra in San Mateo. Down the street. Local. Yep. Uh, offensive guard, 6'3", 360 pounds, right? And then and then we go to another June 16th. We got four-star wide receiver, Nicky Remigio from, Mater, from Modern Day. All right, so another in-state. And then we go to that June weekend or that July weekend, which was insane. First off, our, our biggest uh, offensive line commit in probably years Will Craig from Granite Bay, which is right here. Um, offensive tackle, 6'5", 265. Four stars. Beast. And then you got another guy like uh, Evan Tattersall, offensive, uh, outside linebacker, 6'2", 215, three stars from Granite Bay. Same high school. And then you got Chagosny Anusium uh, from Sonora, La Habra, California. Safety, 6'2", 171. And then, of course, uh, I think the last one was Evan Tattersall, Chagosny, uh, Miles Owens. Office of tackle, 6'7", 315. He committed on uh, the 28th of July as well. Guess where he's from? Bishop O'Dowd, right down the street. So there's a theme there. Yep. Oh, and then the last one, which is, I think the biggest one is uh, 
or not the biggest one, but Slate Slater Zellers, long snapper, the number one long snapper <laughs> in the country. Yeah, that's awesome. Committed to us uh, just on the third of August last week. He the the cool thing I thought and found about him before we go on is um, he actually apparently trained with Nick Sunberg, who is also he's the long snapper for the Redskins. He's a Cal product as well. He quote tweeted his his Slater's uh, announcement on Twitter, and he's like, "Made a good choice. You're gonna love it there." So we do have that. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So West Coast Impact. Yep, that's the theme. And you got to love when someone says something and says, we're going to go out and we're going to do this, and then does it. Because <laughs> it gives you a lot of hope for all the other things that they said they're going to go out and do. Mm-hmm. If you can show that you can go out and execute against your own objectives, then there's a lot of faith in you being able to do, continue to do that. Mm-hmm. So for me, those inroads mean a lot that we've made in the Bay Area. Like, I think you know, memory is something that's, at this point in my life, constantly escaping me, right? Mm -hmm. And so we live with this recency. But we forget that just two, three years ago, we were like screaming aloud, why can't Cal recruit in its own backyard? Mm -hmm. Why are we getting the, why are these prospective students passing on us uh, when we have... You know, the number one public university in the world and one that you should be so familiar with from growing up with it and watching it and uh, getting to be around the, the entire culture that is UC Berkeley. So Here's the stat, okay, um, <clears throat> is 12 out of 13 recruits currently in the class are from California. Eight of those 13 are, or eight of the 13, all, all of those recruits are from Northern California. Sonny's last class in 2016 that he brought in, 14 out of the 27 were from California. Two out of the 27 were from Northern California. Yeah, 2015, 12 out of the 24 were from California. Five of the 24 were from Northern California. That's, those numbers already just goes to show you where we spent most of our time. I really like it. Yeah. I'm a big believer in in the talent that exists in California, and it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you got to go. You, I think you have to go West Coast, um, and my God, it's amazing. <laughs> if it's amazing now, just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah, but Will Craig is going to be a stud of an offensive lineman for us for years to come, and with Greatwood being able to just work his magic, yes. It is going to be amazing. Amazing. All right, so here's my number two. The new Under Armour gear. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's nice. Let's start off with that. It's it's good stuff. Is this where you suck the, the hype out of the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to suck the hype out of the room again. <laughs> so the stuff is really nice. I went to the student store last week. I checked out all the stuff. Um, I saw the new jersey, the replica one. Like the one that's screen printed, not the one that has the stitch numbering, which is I think a hundred fourteen dollars, hundred fifteen dollars for like the stitch one. The regular screen printed ones I think are ninety nine. Um, so, and the sweaters, everything, the pants, all look good too. All feel nice. You and I have discussed this. The Under Armour stuff, you know, when we were growing up in high school, like everyone wanted the Under Armour stuff. Not in terms of like the the sweaters and things like that, but it was. Literally the Under Armour, like the the base layer stuff that, because they were the first starters of all that. 
everyone wanted the heat gear from Under Armour. Everyone wanted the the cold gear from Under Armour just for, you know, sports sake um, and just to look cool. You know, you wanted the half turtleneck thing with the little X on the side. Just, just, just you wanted to one-up your friends a little bit, and that's what gave it to you, especially if you played sports. So... So in that aspect, the shirts and everything and the, the base layers, long sleeve shirts, feel nice, um, and the, they're great. The only thing I have against all this, and this is where I suck the hype out of the room, is the price. The jersey that I saw, right, the, the navy one, looks real classic, looks super nice in my opinion. I think I, I really like the football jerseys. $99 for the replica. I was like, all right. All right, but I think I might just pay the extra 15 and get the stitch ones just because if you put it in the washer, it's not going to, you know, stick together and start to fade. I go over to the table next door or table right in front of it, and I found this really, really nice, um, what's it, uh, crew neck. I was like, ooh, this one, this feels nice too. Like, it's that charged cotton that, you know, Under Armour tries to push. and to wear it to fancy occasions. Exactly. On the golf course. Yes, yes. I look at the price, it's 105 what? And I go, I, it's more expensive than the jersey? Yeah, so that's why I did a double take. I was like, how, how does this pricing make any sense at all? I do not understand. Um, there's a also, long... Also, $105 for a crew neck. For a college student is yeah. a fortune. <laughs> like, yeah. if you and I are sitting here with disposable income and saying, wow, that's a lot. Yes. Go back to my college self who no. was eating blondies no. for dinner. Yeah. No. For three dollars. No. Ten fifty was like a glorious meal as a college student. Spending ten fifty. Yeah. Ten, spending ten fifty was like, you know, you went to like Thai Basil and you got yeah. yourself an entree Nailed and it. then you got yourself like an appetizer. That's yeah. like a ten fifty meal, right? <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> right? Um, or like you, you go to you go to like Steve's and you get that and then you get like a order of pot stickers. Like that's that's like how you indulged. That You're having a nice, a nice day. Nice just day. Maybe you reward stressed. yourself. Exactly. $105 for a crew neck versus $99 for a jersey. The pricing just does not make sense. And this is where I start to worry. This is where I start to be like, are people... So here's my story from this. When I was there, a, a tourist bus full of Asians came off, came into the student store. All right? They were Korean. I am Korean. They spoke in Korean. They, I think they were like, I think, yeah, I think they were just like exchange students or like, they were families and they were also like just young couples. I think they were just on a tour of California and they just happened to stop by and they were going through the store, like looking at things, you know, of course it's UC Berkeley. So that's what they kind of want, you know, as a memorabilia thing. And I kid you not. Every single person that walked by me from that group was like, in Korean, oh my God, this is so expensive. And if you have tourists who are a very big part of who you're selling these items to, right? Coming in and saying, it's too expensive and they're leaving, not purchasing anything. Then what makes you think the student base and the local people, are, gonna, are they going to spend that much on the same Under Armour gear? Like, at this point, I wouldn't. I would just go over to Bancroft Clothing or something and just get the generic ones at this point. Just because it's better for the price. So, I don't know how well this is going to work out long term if they keep the prices like this. Because, at least still right now, 
and we were talking, we were just talking about this, how recent, recency, right? Mm-hmm. The Nike stuff was decently priced for every single item, right? The, it was like the quarter zips that were like 80, right? And then like the, the only thing that I ever saw that was over 100 was that coach's like rain jacket type thing. And that was like 125, which was understandable because it was a water, it was waterproof. And then, you know, the, the hoodies are, you know, between 65 and 75 usually. And then the jerseys are, you know, at 100, which makes sense. Or like sometimes it's even 89, 99. Um, and then I went to, I walked across the street to the other student store that's next to the Wells Fargo. And they have a clearance rack in the back for all like the Nike and Jordan stuff, which if you're in the area, I highly recommend you go to check, go to check out. I got tell me about this? Yes, yes. I totally forgot to tell you. Wow. I got a shirt. I got a, I got a, I, wow. I got a Nike shirt for $14. What a time. Yes. To be alive. What a time to be alive. And not tell me. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That is my mistake. Yeah. I'm breaking news to Andy right now. <laughs> but it was like an extra 30% off the clearance rack and stuff like that. So. Rubbing it, it in. Yeah. But so if that's at the back, <laughs> like not a lot of people are going to come to the front and get the, yeah. the six, like some of the t-shirts are $60. That's what I was going to say was exactly that. It's like they're either gonna have they're gonna price it up and they'll price it up and discount it down. Um, so maybe they're doing that where they're like trying to make the quality front. Hey, this is more expensive because it's higher quality, and then they'll have to they'll have to discount it down because if you have too much inventory, you got to move it. Um, but I totally agree. Like that impact, the fact that you walk around the Bay Area. This is what I always tell my dad. It's like. I promise Cal is like a sleeping giant of fans that are border, like even if they're borderline, they rock the gear for some reason. You just randomly walk by in the Bay Area, you see this random dude wearing a Cal hat, and you just always see it. It's always there. You go to Giants game, you see Cal stuff. You just see Cal stuff everywhere. But I do worry about the impact. If it's inaccessible, the place where it's the most accessible to people that are visiting, then... um, the visual representation is diminished. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm looking at that going, if, if you're the student store at the MLK, right, who is the majority of people that, I mean, I don't, I don't have the stats or everything about it, but I would be, I would, I would probably have to say most people that are buying stuff at that store are visitors, right? 99%, I, I'm 99% sure the, the vast majority of their income comes through people that are visiting the campus, or exchange students, or you know, tourists, or whatnot, roll in through the store, and they always pick out one thing to take back home with them. Mm, yep. Rarely will you see a student walk into that store to buy, you know, like a new sweater. Except they had that five dollar rack. Exactly. That's where I go. Yeah. That was nice. But I think most people, most students now, just you know, walk down to Bancroft Clothing or walk down to Joy's or like you know, some of the other local ones just get a generic sweater to wear. And you're not gonna buy a sweater like every couple months, right? You're buying one. And like maybe wear for like two, two, three years or so until you get a hole in it, and then you're like, oh, okay, it's time to buy a new one. Just that's just how college students roll. <laughs> so yeah, that's a it's a big question mark for me is how well this stuff is gonna is gonna sell because they also need to up the inventory. I just haven't seen enough right now. For the to... first floor, that like the upstairs where all the men's stuff is, is it's still bare. Hmm. There's like there's only like I think three quarters of the spots uh, like of the store is full of stuff. Is Beast, is Beast Mode still in there? Beast Mode stuff is there, but not really, really there. Yeah, it's died down a little bit. But I think that also might be just because maybe they're looking to, you know, refresh 
like all their Cal Beast Mode stuff Hope a little so. bit. Yeah. Yeah, they had it on clearance, Beast Mode. Like, they had it, um, like, it, it, with them, they don't price it down very much. Yeah. But I think it was, like, $10 off or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, so that's 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 my little rant about the unnerved stuff. That's fair. It's good. It's really good knowledge. Yeah. Unfortunate knowledge. Yeah, unfortunate. And then, of course, we'll go on to number three. Your number three line of the day. Expectations coming into 2017. Yeah, I actually wanted to just gauge you on sort of where you were at. Okay. Maybe so should we before go, we go into predictions. So should we go with my number three first, and then we'll do yours, and then we'll lead into the predictions? Yeah. I think that's a better Let's transition, right? So my number three was NFL wide receiver hype. Because guys like Chris Harper apparently is getting lots of love from Jets journalists. Um, Chad Hansen, of course, has the chance to, to play right away with Quincy Anunia going out with a season-long injury because of a herniated disc today. Um, and then, you know, Maurice Harris was getting a lot of love from the Redskins journalists. Uh, Darius Powell is apparently lighting it up uh, with the Giants. And since Sterling Shepard is out with that foot injury and they still haven't said how long he's going to be out, there is that aspect of he might be that third wide receiver between um, Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall. So he is that third. He might be that third big-bodied guy, and then you got guys um, like Steven Anderson, all, all of course, probably on the two deep in my opinion, in down in Houston, and then uh, Kenny Lawler with the Seahawks. I haven't heard a lot about Kenny and the Seahawks, but he's still there, so that's what I, that's all that counts. Um, and then of course Bryce Treggs with the Eagles, they apparently absolutely love him with his speed. So. We got um, Trevor Davis. Trevor, and Trevor Davis and the Packers as well. Yeah. And he started to play a play a little bit into it. Richard Rodgers with the Packers too, but he's been there for a few years. so He doesn't count. Yeah. We're talking about the new guys. Yeah. But those guys are getting a lot of love left and right. And if all of them are on the roster on opening day and then you slowly start to see them get integrated and start playing, which looks like it might actually happen this year. This year might be the year where guys start to – to play for these teams, that's going to be really impressive, um, to say the least, to look back and look back at, you know, Jared's last year, that 2015 season, and go, wow, uh, we had quite a bit of NFL talent offensively on that roster. All these guys are now on the 2D for their respective positions at their respective teams, and that's incredible to see. And now you're looking at a new boom with – the Cal like NFL alumni, right? Because up till a few years ago, it was we were running back you. Now it's looking more like we're wide receiver you. <laughs> if you want to go to the league and you're a wide receiver, Cal is a pretty good spot for you to get into the league. So, excitement everywhere. I'm going to draft every single Cal wide receiver. Even Keenan? Definitely Keenan. I mean, I'm a Charger fan and a Cal fan. Like, Keenan... Was like Keenan my, broke my season last year. He did. He broke, broke it. He, my whole draft was centered around him. Yeah, my my my. Uh, he was my second round pick, and it. He was like he was on pace for like 150 yards in that first game of the season too, and then he leaves at halftime and never comes back. He's killing it. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the NFL wide receiver hype. Let's get into your expectations in it. So. So yeah, I just well, I just wanted to gauge what is a success for you in the variety in which it can happen 
meaning you can get one win and have the one win over Stanford or SC or Washington, or you could have six wins in a bowl game or five and seven in a bowl game, or you could have seven and five, but all seven wins against teams that weren't good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, I just wanted to really get a good feel for you, Rob, as the attendee of these practices in a Pac-12 media day (laughs) and hear what your barometer for success is. Mm, all right. Do you want the you want the fan in me, or do you want the, the reporter s- Rob? Reporter Rob in me. The reporter Rob in me goes. The success comes, uh, with how you see the team perform. I think the success success of this season comes outside of the wins and losses. Um, you know the offense is going to put up points. This offense is good enough to put up a lot of points on anybody on any given day, right? Like, no matter who, you're, who our quarterback is, we're going to have days where we put up, you know, 50-something points. And there's going to be days, maybe due to quarterback play or other reasons, where we put up only, like, 28. You know, that's just – our offense can be that explosive, but also the experience at the quarterback position is a big question mark for us not putting up those numbers consistently. So I'll, grow, I'll go with the growing pains on the offensive side. But defensively, you're working with jun- a lot of juniors and seniors. So if you can see the system in place and see them succeed, right, that's where I'm going to gauge the most success is. Because is, now, now you have tape to show young kids. Now you have tape to go, hey, remember the last three years these guys playing in their system? Not good. But we came in, and in one year, they became pretty good players, right? And you're seeing guys on watch lists all over the place. Looney's on a watch list. Uh, Devontae Downs is on a watch list. Darius Allensworth is on a watch list. Like you, guys are going up on these lists left, left and right. Generally because of their year. Yeah, generally because of their year. But I feel like they're general. They're also getting a big, big little little bit of a push because of they they know that they have a defensive head coach, right? You know, Wilcox is there. De Reuter is pretty solid as a defensive coordinator. So that for me, that's where I put the the gauges of success is can can you put enough can you put enough decent success together where you can point to that as an example and go that's what we're trying to do here and you can see that it worked to a certain degree we need you guys to come in to help it make it better and greater right that's that's kind of i mean that's for me that's on for football and for basketball for basketball for me as well i think Viking needs to do something this year have enough success where he doesn't shoot himself in the foot in terms of recruiting going forward. Um, but football, is, it's easier because you have that base level of talent that you've already, the previous coach has already accrued. And it does seem like the defensive guys, like I saw Darius Allensworth tweet the other day, said, I haven't had this much playing football in a very long time. That's telling, in my opinion, that these guys are hyped for how this defense plays. And... You know, there's there's one segment in practice which they do, which is uh, it's like it's like blitz one on blitz pickup, BPU, um, and you see the O line set, and you see the seven uh, defenders set, and they'll send someone else at different times. They'll blow the whistle, and you don't know who's going to come. And if they come at your side, then of course the O line has to try and block them out. 
but the whoever's blitzing has to try and get around the offensive lineman. So I think that aspect of it is, for me, already success. Because you're seeing guys doing things that aren't stagnant. So all in all, reporter Rob, success comes with just the gains. Do you see improvement from last year? Do you see guys playing to their potential finally? And if they do, then hell yes. Because now we have a coaching staff that can coach these guys up to their potential. Man Rob says, we're going undefeated. (laughs) (laughs) I like the difference between Fan Rob and Reporter Rob. I want to be as rational as possible with Reporter (laughs) Rob, but with Fan Rob, it's just, yeah. Our that was a great answer. F- our floor is eight wins. I think I, because I, I talked to Trey Watson, and everyone asked him about uh, the media polls has Cal picked at sixth in the Pac-12 North. Jeez. The lowest. Last? Yeah, last place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. In the Pac-12 North. And he said, yeah, that's fine with us. Because now we're going to co- come into certain games and they're going to overlook us and we're just going to punch them. Well, can't beat Trey on the hype train. Yeah, you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. He has the best hands in the country, so. He's the Um, fastest in the country. And the fastest in the country. Maybe in the world. Probably in the world. Usain Bolt's now retired, so he's probably in the world now. Um, But, yeah, I think that's that's the big tell for me is I look at the the Pac-12 North. I go, Oregon's not going to be as good as people think. They did Mm. not reload that defense as much as people think. That defense Mm. did not get better. Mm. But that offense is going to get better. That's for sure. But, you know, I, I don't think that defense is as good as people think it is. Personally. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. And, and, you know, this is just one thing that irked me is why are the odds for Oregon State winning the Pac-12 higher than Cal? I'm nothing on Oregon State, but I think if anything, we should, like, the, there's, like, the, there's like the S tier in terms of, like, teams that will probably win the Pac-12, right? Like USC and Washington. And then there's like the A tier, which is like Utah, Colorado, uh, who else? Um, Stanford, right? And then there's like the the B tier underneath, which is like ASU, probably in my opinion, and Washington State. Mm-hmm. And then I think everyone else underneath that, maybe Oregon. I put or- maybe I put Oregon in there. Miss Colorado, didn't you? Didn't I put Colorado in the A tier? Anyways. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. okay. But but. I think every anyone else outside of that is just one tier of like that's their shot at winning. But like, call, I think Oregon State's Vegas odds is like two fifty to one to win the Pac twelve. We're at five hundred to one. <laughs> Man, that Vegas reality really <laughs> hits you. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's my expectation. What about you? From the stuff you've read, from just your gut feeling, how would you? Picture success for this season. Oh, yeah. I just picture success with one key win. That's it. So that means a win against SC, a win against Stanford, a win against Washington. Um, but like UCLA doesn't count anymore. <laughs> so I would have said them. If we beat Ole Miss, is that a success win? No. Okay. So Ole it Miss, has to Ole be. Miss, it would have been a nice win if they had had their head coach. Okay, so it has to be Pac-12 is what you're saying. Yeah, I'm looking for the signature win. I want the Harbaugh win. Okay, I want okay. the Harbaugh overtime at SC win. 
Okay. I want the one where SC overlooks Cal, comes into Berkeley, and finds out that this team actually Can. has a lot of talent on it. Yeah. And it gets close down to the wire, and you get that excitement level. And okay. that's what I want. Okay, okay. Other than that, like, win expectation, I agree with you. I think it's an easy place to go with it and say this many wins mean success. But right now, it's better to look at something like I, I want a signature win uh, yeah. because that's something I never got with Sonny ever. Other than last season? No. What, what did we get last season? Texas? No, because at Texas home. wasn't actually good. They were, well, they were number 10 going, coming into that game. Like, but, but in the grand scheme yes, of things. Yes, yes, yes. I, mean, I want the win over Pete Carroll at SC. Like, that's, uh, that's okay, okay. the level of win I want. You know, I want to, uh, I don't know, I guess if, you, if we beat Oregon at Oregon, I'd take it. I think, I think very highly of Taggart. I think very highly of that defense that they're going to bring in from Colorado. Uh, I think they're going to be able to, yeah. I think they're going to be really good. Their own line is very, very limited right now, though. That's the big thing for them. Oregon? Mm-hmm. So, so let me recap. So, so it's against SC, Oregon, Washington, Stanford, at Colorado. Would you consider that a win? Yeah. Yeah? Right? I mean, currently, where Colorado stands. Yeah. I would put winning yeah. at Colorado. Totally. So any of those five? Yeah. Okay. The, 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 thing, the one that everybody else writes off. And then any... And it can even be like a closer game. I hesitate to say that because I really want the victory, but it could be like that. Let's say like SC came to town and we really like held a close game with them and went down the wire and just didn't happen to go our way at the end. I, I think you see enough out of those moments, moments to start build upon and say, hey, that was the number five team in the country. And, and then we, we lost by a coin toss. Yeah, we brought them down to the wire and yeah. their coach was losing it because they were going to lose. You know, like that's where you're, you start to see – some of it kind of builds from, and that can carry over into a very serious way. Yeah. It can carry over away in, in a season like this season as well. Um, that's what I want. Yeah. A little side note. The new football field. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. End there. End of the fault line thing that they, they put in yeah, at cool. the north end zone. It's pretty legit. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, yeah. You know what? I was, it was funny because I was talking to um, a practice last week, Ken Montgomery, and we were just sitting and we were just chatting away, and he's like, you know, I wish they would just do some, some little tongue-in-cheek type of things in the locker rooms. You know, that would be really easy to do. <clears throat> and one of the ideas that he gave, and I thought this, was, this would be brilliant, brilliant in terms of from the Cal Athletics Department to give our team a little bit of an edge, right? is inside the away locker room, right, he said, put up a big thing of, like, the fault lines that are around the, the UC Berkeley campus and, like, a little informational thing of, like, where to go in case of an emergency, right? <laughs> just on the, just a, big, on the, on a big wall there, right? Just so it gets kind of, even the little smidget gets into their head. Right, and then <laughs> this is earthquake territory. Yeah, yeah. You better watch out. Yeah, or or and he said on top of that, what would be really cool is if someone came in and like you know before it's like before you uh, take off on an airplane, they just tell you the security measures and like the just and it's like you know it's like a two minute thing, right? That's what he said. You just come in and you're like, this is what we do in case of an emergency. You know, not that it's going to happen, but you just you need to know. And I I think that's actually a. <laughs> 
that's it's really it's, it would be hilarious in terms of from like a, a fan point right just that can get into those guys' heads even for a split second but at the same time especially when you're from from somewhere not from California like if you're coming from Ole Miss right and you've lived in the south your entire life I just realized that. I think I called them Missouri earlier <laughs> <laughs> but if you're coming if you're coming in like and you have no idea about earthquakes and this lady walks or guy walks into your room before the game is like, just in case there's an earthquake, this is what we're going to do. You'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, be what? so thrown off. Just in case there's an earthquake? What? <laughs> what is an earthquake? <laughs> Duck and cover. <laughs> Duck and cover. Go into door frames and stand as an ex- Like, yeah, see, I think those would be little, little things that you can do to give the team an edge. And I, I was like, that's actually a pretty genius idea. But I think the fault line, I think, kind of does that, too. Yeah. You know? It's cool. I like that a lot. The fault line design, I think, is really cool. But the football field feels great. I've walked on it a little bit just because of walking to the banner and stuff. feels amazing. So cushioned and light. Um, and then the color schemes every five yards changes. The, the gradient of green is different every five yards. So it you can clearly kind of tell each five-yard block. Cool. Um, so, yeah. It, yeah. When you get to see it, you're going to be like, Dang, the stadium is, or the field is beautiful. Yeah. First game for me, Ole Miss. Yep, yep. I'm not, well, going, you to may, maybe I'm not going to the grill game. Well, you might be able to see some of it maybe if you come to Saturday practice, which I oh, think yeah. there are two left of, two? The Saturday? Yeah. 9.30? I think so. Nice. Yeah, I believe so. so. Predictions. So, yeah, prediction time. All right, let's 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 run through this a little, little quick. All right, so MVP. Of this season. We already know. Who? S- skip it. Who, who is it? Are you kidding? D-Rob? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> There's no question here. For me, for me, it's Trey Watson. What? I think Trey Watson will be our MVP this year. Yeah. Hot take. Should we put a waiver? Are we going to put a wager on this? Yeah, a waiver. A wager. Waiver? I'll put a waiver wire a waiver, on it. A waiver, waiver wager on it. Waiver wire transaction? <laughs> I'll put a burrito on it. All right, I'll put a burrito on it. So how are we gonna how 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 is this gonna be distinguished? Whoever has the better statistics, statistics at the end of the year. Okay, okay. Relative to each position, right? Sure. Yeah. So if D Rob has a thousand yard season and then Trey has an eight hundred yard season, D Rob wins it. Correct. Okay. Okay. All right. Most improved. Do you want to do defensive MVP? Oh yeah, sure. Yes, please. Defensive, defensive MVP. Um, this is tough. Yeah, this is a tough <laughs> one. I go between Saffle and Looney. Um, but I actually think it will be Saffle. Okay. Um, I think he's going to be turned loose in this defense, and we're going to see him. He's actually going to have help. Yeah. Uh, and he's just going to drive quarterbacks crazy. So I'm pretty. I'm really excited to watch him play. I would have put it on Ziande if he didn't get hurt. Because um, that's, wow. how, that's how good he looked in the spring. This is how hyped I was for Ziande. Damn, that's too bad. Yeah. But knowing that now, my MVP on the defense, I put on DA. Really? Mr. Darius Helmsworth. I think if he if he plays the way he did the first half of last season before he got a I think I think it said he got a couple of nagging injuries uh, where he just wasn't at 100, he was like at 85 or 90%. And if he does what he does and he locks down that whatever side of the field he's on, whatever wide receiver he's covering, this defense is going to look a lot better. Like, 
You're not gonna. I, yeah. Yeah, that phrase I think yeah just says it all. He's the, he's gonna make the entire defense look like it's a lot better and greater than at a, at each individual position. So he was he's he's really yeah he's quite talented. The only reason what I would look at that from an MVP pick and say I think we have talent that could step into that role. It's true, like, like Elijah Hicks, right? Who's amazing, amazing. And the guy that we got uh, the year before, what is his name? Um, Nigel Edmonds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, 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 he's like a Seattle Seahawks, like, Legion of Boom type build. Love it. Hard-hitting, too. So, yes. Yes. Most improved? Most improved, I'd have to put it on Saffle. For me. Uh, just because I think you have to, For me, you put it on the guy, or at least defensively. You put it on the guy who's changing positions, and he's going from a guy who was hands down in the dirt at the ver- at, on an end to stand up, hands on the knees. He's going to be so fun to watch. Yeah. I'm literally just going to watch him the whole time. Him and Funches are going to be really fun to watch because of, and this is we're going on a side tangent again, but, but of what DeRoyder can do with that hybrid position guy Yeah, that can blitz, that can stay back, like this, that Von Miller type, like the role. Not the player, okay? The player is an MVP caliber player, but just his role of can he drop into coverage? Can he go side to side? Can you send him? Like, you just don't know what the defensive coordinator is going to do with that player on any given play. Right. So that's that's why I think Saffold. For you? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, well, this is kind of a silly pick. Say, like, Marlo Sean really just... Okay, if he made that step level improvement mm-hmm. uh, year over year, like he could be a pretty good candidate for that. Mm-hmm. He's a big physical corner already. He is. likes to talk a lot. Um, I think it comes with that defensive back position territory, totally. right? I think trash talking just. Yeah, well, because it's like one on one. Like, it's almost like the, the boxing, like where if you're a D lineman, you might get matched up with, let's say, if you're on the outside, then you might face the tackle, yeah. and it might be you versus them. But even still, sometimes it'll go inside, yeah. face a guard. Whereas. For the most part, it's kind of like you're on an island. Yeah. And I feel like that's where you get, like, Revis and, like, all these guys with, you know, Sherman. They yeah. just like to talk. And because, really, it is, like, it is one-on-one. So, him on the defensive side, dare I say Stovall on the offense. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. I mean, I haven't gotten any practices, so I'm not seeing how he's used. Yeah. But if... Even he, even if you saw, we wouldn't be, we weren't, we wouldn't be allowed to tell. Oh, boy. Yeah. So... Secretive. Yeah, very, very secretive. Great. It's like when we played Northwestern and he didn't know we were going to play two quarterbacks. <laughs> Watch out. Mel Keese is going to play quarterback. <laughs> and he's going to be a punter. Well, well, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, so that's my pick. What about uh, you? Offensively, I think for most improved, um, I would have to go with D-Rob. What? Yeah. Because Chad Hansen was the man last season. He got yeah. the majority of the balls thrown to him last season. And we only saw D-Rob get successful when we threw him either go routes or on wide receiver bubble screens. So I think this is, for me, why I put him at most improved is because I think this is where we see him improve as a wide receiver. Mm. We see him run the five-yard slants. We see him run the down-and-ins and the down-and-outs. Like We see him go from just a speed threat to playing slightly as a possession receiver as well. Where if we're, you know, second and four, we send him on a five-yard, five you know, um, up and out route. 
and we throw it to him at the numbers, and he toe drags and he catches like that's like that's not something we saw last year, but that's the the start and the makings of a complete wide receiver, right? Who can make a catch on any route, and his routes running gets crisper. So that's, all right, that's my that's pick. Good pick. All right, I think there's a sleeper. Oh, okay, Ray Hudson. Ooh, yes. Yes, very much. Because we're going to see him transform. Like, it's going to be a total transformation. And then play tight end? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very much. Very much so. Unsung hero. I think one, I think, it is good enough for this as a team, as a total. you have any guy you think that won't get into the spotlight? That won't? Yeah, but will be a key part of the team. Yeah. Maddie. <laughs> Matt Anderson? Yeah. I think he'd be great because, like, he's uh, he's always so consistent, and yep. um, he'll end up. I think he'll get into the spotlight, but mm-hmm. I don't know to what degree. But I imagine that a game will come down and it'll be on his leg. Yeah, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came through and you know had that moment, yeah, especially he, in that upset that I keep talking about. Yeah, I think so too. I think for me, unsung hero might be Vic and Weary. Yeah. I think he's going to get some touches in certain games where he's going to get us those key first down yards. Mm, good pick. But we just – he's not going to – I don't think he's going to put up like the – maybe he might have a game or two where he puts up like the 150 yards rushing. You know, you just you just don't know. But the majority of the time, we're going to see him work in the trenches and work for those first downs where we'll go, yes. But then at the end of the game when we're ready the recap, we might not remember that he was the guy that clinched us that – first down or clinched us that game winning uh, touchdown that punched it in from the two yard line so for me it's Vic good pick surprise player of the year someone that we did not expect to to come out Russell Uday <laughs> Is, yeah 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 <laughs> I've been waiting for for three <laughs> years yeah what about Russell Uday yeah I mean he still has a chance to play into those spots right because since Yande went down, that right end spot is still open. Or not right end, but just one of the end spots has yeah. opened up. I think Evan Weaver, too. Mm. But yeah. they've transferred. I think they've transformed into a linebacker, I believe, outside. Mm. So, yeah. But cool. yes. Yes. Any of those guys. Ray Davison? Definitely. Definitely. He's on. He's super tight, apparently. <laughs> like he, he's really good against the pass, and I had no idea. Yeah, I saw that that pro football talk yeah. that, that, or the pro football focus little tweet. Yeah, tweet. Yeah, that was a uh, no idea, <laughs> zero idea. Uh, for me, I think surprise would be Elijah Hicks, true freshman, who's who's as talented as anybody in my opinion at that cornerback position, and if anyone. Because he's going to be on the two deep for sure, which means he's going to come in and spell certain, like Marlochon or Da at, at certain points. I wouldn't even be surprised if he, if he uh, took Marlochon's spot in the starting lineup. That's why Marlochon was a risky pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so if he does that, then he's going to. For the guys who follow recruiting in the f- football team every year, we're going to be like, wow, yeah, um, well deserved. But for the people who just follow during the football season and don't really know, it's going to be like, why is a true freshman playing at a defensive back position? Um, and he's gonna, they're going to be like, oh, that, that's why. <laughs> that's exactly why. That's, yeah. All right. I think that's it. I think, should we finish off with our prediction for the whole season? Wins-loss prediction? 
No, because we just said that wins don't matter. I know. Uh, yeah, but it doesn't fine. matter, but it's just our prediction. Okay, okay. okay. Let's, let's put it this way, because we were talking about this before we started recording. The floor and the ceiling. All right, let's put it that way, instead oh, yeah. of like a hard line. Okay. So I'm putting my floor in terms of wins at three. I think three is a solid number we can get to. I think we, I think we knock off Weber State. I think we knock off UNC at UNC. And then that other win comes, I think, at, against Arizona. I think that's where that last one comes. If we were to just get three. Okay. I'm Bring with it. that. I would also like to take three. <laughs> and I would also like to pick the exact same game. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the Arizona one yeah. is, is winnable. Yeah, just because I'm looking at the schedule, I'm going, all right, who are the probably the worst teams that we're playing? It's probably Oregon State. Ole Miss is actually a very winnable game now. I mean, they lost their head coach like a month ago. Right, but for me, I, I can't I can't put it there yet just because they didn't lose anybody in terms of talent, and the offensive line coach is just taking over as the head coach. So the OC stays the same, the defense coordinator stays the same. It's just the, the big decision marks during the game. Yeah. that's. But yeah, I'm looking at that going, okay, the Arizona game and the Oregon State game, but I put, I put Oregon State above Arizona in terms of talent and how good their team is. So yeah, Arizona. Okay. Your ceiling? Six, probably. Six? Six wins. Six wins. Yeah. So six in a bowl is what you're saying. Yeah. That's the ceiling. For me, I'm putting it at seven in a bowl. So seven wins in our regular schedule. And then... Pick your seven. All right, let's go. UNC, Weber State, uh, Arizona, Oregon State, and then... <laughs> this is where it gets interesting. UC- at UCLA. Okay. Still owe me uh, two. I need two. Washington State. Wow. And SC. <laughs> I got you on the SC yeah, hype. You got, you got me on the SC hype. <laughs> yeah. Because I think going to Oregon and going to Washington, as much as I don't think Oregon's going to be a good team, playing in Autzen yeah. and playing in Seattle against that Washington team, or Washington regardless of where you play, but still, back-to-back in Austin, then in Seattle, like, that's, that's harsh. Brutal. That's harsh. You never know against Colorado. Yeah. I think maybe Colorado over SC. Yeah. Maybe. But playing in Boulder. It'd be a fun trip to go on. When's that game? Uh, October 28th. Mm. That's actually enticing. <laughs> yeah. Now that I look at it. really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta check the calendar. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so there's our predictions. Um, that's our show. Where did you go? So over the next couple of weeks now, we'll, um, we'll do, I think, we, I think probably what we'll do is next week we'll probably do the first six games of the season and go through like a real in-depth of every team that we're playing against. Yep. Then we'll do the final six. And then we'll do uh, probably a depth chart and uh, just a, a recap thing after fall camp ends because that's when we'll know who the two deep solidly is, who our quarterback probably will be. I would assume in like about three weeks' time, we'd probably know who our quarterback is. And one of these weeks, I, you know, I'm thinking we'll probably get the rivals and probably maybe Ryan Gorsey on here um, when we do the, the previews, probably maybe the, during the death chart thing, just to get their glimpses into what they think the roster pin and the recruiting pin might look like. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So that wraps it up for us. Uh, you can find all our stuff at CaliforniaGoldenBlocks.com. You can find me at Twitter at arab 11 that's the numbers. H W A G. You can find Andy at Andy J Beast Mode, um, and you can find all our writing on there. Uh, my practice notebooks go up the day after practice, so you'll find one uh, this week on Thursday and one on Saturday or one on Sunday, I believe. 
because uh, there's practice on Wednesday and Saturday. And then, of course, next week as well. So there's only four practices remaining, open-wise. open, open yeah. Wise. So, yeah, so just be on the lookout for the drops. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is Bears territory! You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is Bears territory! You know Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.